Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you. God bless you. You may be seated. What a what a privilege it is to be here in Scotland. I was gonna wear a skirt, but I didn't want to. No, I'm joking. So privileged to be here and uh it has just been a, a great time, man. I'm sitting here going, God, I can't believe how fast it's been just being here you know you're having a great time when time just flies and um so yeah it's been fantastic we had a great conference and uh great churches and and you know you guys are part of something special here and uh what a privilege your pastors are amazing and uh, you got you got a great you got great pastors they they love you guys man it's awesome i'm just sitting here going like they are involved in your guys' lives, man. That's, I, I get a little jealous of that. That's fantastic. You know, I want to share something real quick, and then I'll, I'll get into my message. But um, about 20 years ago, my pastor took a huge step of faith. And that is that he... Uh, he took a, a 16-year-old boy who was raised in church and hooked on drugs and alcohol and so while the pastor was praying for Joseph I texted him and uh, he did the same thing he went to our church and uh, he said uh, this young boy in our church has a massive call of God on his life and we're going to support him and uh, I just you know you sometimes you sit there and you go God I'm you know I'm not I, I don't think I was here to minister you know even though I'm, I get the privilege to but I'm able to see something. Thank you, man. I'm able to see what Joseph's future is going to look like. And uh, who would have thought all those people in my church that gave um, each month to support me and travel and and preach and do all those things. And, you know, this year, Lissette and I, my wife, we get the privilege to go back. To the place that launched us and my pastor retires and we take over that church as long as the church as well as the church we have and I'm just sitting here and I'm thinking while pastor was praying over him that God knows our tomorrow he knows our future and I'm going to tell you I, I didn't bring my wallet I'm going to bring it tonight but I'm going to be I'm going to sow into his life tonight and because I understand what it's like and the privilege of what it is to go out and go out into grounds that you're unfamiliar with. You have no idea what your outcome is going to look like. 
and yet to know that you have the support of your church, your local church, is is in times of fear, in times of moments when Joseph will sit there and wake up in the morning and nobody's there and wonder, what am I doing here? It's always going to be a reminder that that he has a, a church that absolutely supports him. And, and friends, I want you to understand, you're not just writing a check or just putting money into a bank account. You are sowing into a man that's going to affect other people. And, the, and God is going to reward your guys' life. And I just thought about it, man. For those of you that have children and grandchildren that are far from God, what an opportunity you have to sow into this man of God that, that he is going to make a difference. And the Bible says in Ephesians 5, what you make happen for others, God in return will make happen for your life. So it's going to be fantastic. I'm so proud of you, my man. It's uh, Wow, I just met him. And, uh, and um, it's just, man, sorry I get a little emotional, but just tell you, people believed in us before at times we even believed in ourselves and you know we get so many people that come and vacation in Palm Springs and just recently we had a couple who is a part of the eldership of of the church that uh, me and my wife came from that were taking over and and uh, they actually stood the whole day and we have we have seven services now, just on one campus, and then we have two on, on another campus, so nine services on a Sunday. And thousands of people come through in, t- in just 10 years, and God has supernaturally blessed our church. But I'd never forget, just a few weeks ago, they were there, and after the, I think it was second or third service, we were talking, and they came into the back, and, and Lori, the, his wife, Rod's wife, just began to weep. I mean, just began to weep. And she says, I remember when you were 16 years old. And me and my husband were giving $50 a month to your life. And who would have known that God would have done something like this? You guys have something so great here in Jesus' name. Isn't that so awesome? Amen. Awesome. Man. All right, turn your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 7. The book of Kings, uh, 2 Kings chapter 7. And if you don't mind, can we stand real quick? Open up your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 7. I love to stand when we open up the Word of God because the Word of God is the mind of God. And... Uh, always I, I do this because I want to teach a generation to honor God's word and I think growing up in a church uh, when I grew up in the church we all stood when the word of God was being open and uh, it was just always a sense of honor but second Kings chapter 7 uh, beginning in verse 1 in the New Living Translation it says Elisha replied listen to this message from the Lord this is what the Lord says by this time tomorrow in the markets of Samaria, six quarts of choice flour will cost only one piece of silver, and twelve quarts of barley grain will cost only one piece of silver. The officer assisting the king said to the man of God, That couldn't happen even if the Lord opened up the windows of heaven. But Elisha replied, You will see it happen with your own eyes, but you won't be able to eat any of it. I want to talk to you really quick. A message I've entitled... Can God trust you with trouble? Father, we love you today. We thank you for the spirit of revelation. Give our minds illumination that we would experience transformation. God, give us a mind to perceive and a heart to receive all that you have. And I pray that after this message, we will never, never, never be the same. In Jesus' name, and all God's wonderful people say, amen. Well, before you see it, give someone a high five next to you and say, you wish you looked as good as me. 
you wish you looked as good as me. For some of you, you even believe it too, huh? Elisha finds himself in Samaria surrounded by the enemies. The king had sent his servant to watch over him and actually assassinate him. And Elisha found himself in a place that whatever direction he would turn, whether it was east or west or south or north, he found an enemy right there. In other words, Elisha, being in Samaria, was stuck in a place surrounded by trouble. The fact of the matter is is that Elisha had a gift on his life, being a prophet. And all a prophet is, is a person who has the ability to see tomorrow when everybody else is stuck in today. And so the Bible says that Elisha got a word from God and God spoke to me. He says, Elisha, by this time tomorrow, your situation will change. In other words, Elisha had to lean into the presence of God and be able to see around the corner or be able to see beyond his present situation and have the affirmation from God that Elisha, by this time tomorrow, you won't be surrounded by the enemies that are around you. Elisha, as you know, uh, uh, grew to be a, such a great man of God. And yet, one of the things that I've discovered in the Bible is the fact that greatness comes by those who experience trouble. Two and a half years ago, my wife and I probably went through one of the greatest trials in our church we have ever gone through. And there was, it seemed like everywhere we turned, whether it was right, whether it was the left, whether it was, whether it was in front of us or behind us, it was as if we were stuck in trials. You sit there and you ask God, God, why am I going through all this stuff? God, once an enemy is defeated or once I get past this situation or once I feel I can kind of lift my head up and breathe, all of a sudden I find myself again in a situation where I'm surrounded by trouble. It was hard to comprehend because in those times when you're going through trials and tribulations, your natural flesh wants to look at others and kind of compare in some sense. And you look at other people and you say, God, look at them. It seems like they got a smile on their face. Everything's going good. They're prospering. But look at my life, God. I, I pray to you every morning. I'm worshiping you, God. I love you. And I'll never forget one day when I, when, when I, when Lisette and I were in front of these bankers and we were going through a situation with our building and uh, we had bought our building at a, at a high time when when the economy was high and then as you know the economy crashed and 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 now the bankers were telling us you guys have to have two million dollars in 30 days or you're going to lose your building and so we had to go to our elders but you know the pastors are always the one that carry the weight and and then while we were going through this trial it was in january that one of my closest guys right next to me he was my pa i mean the guy had my bank account number he had a bank my bank card he would take care of my children landed up having an affair and and we and his wife was on staff and we had to work with them and work with them and the next thing you know they got back together and then they left the church and they just assassinated us i mean they went to the newspapers they went to the media i mean we had to turn off our tv for about two weeks and not allow our children to to watch television because we were just being assassinated by people that were with us and so we were walking through this pain i found my wife 
one night crumbled in the corner of our bedroom kind of kind of in a posture of of, of being pregnant and, and she was just bawling and, and there was nothing I could do I looked at her I said baby everything's gonna be all right and I remember she looked at me she says she says oh bed we didn't sign up for this we've been doing good we love God why is this happening and I remember that January going through the hardest time and having to nurture our staff and take care of our people and watching the pain and the confusion of our congregation because in some sense, some couldn't believe who was right and who was wrong. And, and, this, uh, and then just in March, just a, 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 a 60 days later, one of our pastors, and, and she handled all of our prayer ministry, intercessory ministry, and our church is big on intercessory prayer, and it's, one of, it's a hallmark in our church. And, and we would pray, and our intercessors would show up early in the morning on Sundays and they lay hands on all the seats and they pray the power and the presence of God in our services and I remember showing up and I said where's Pastor Star? Uh, 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 I haven't seen her this morning. They said Pastor we don't know where she's at. I said uh, did the intercessors show up? They said Pastor two of them showed up but, but the rest of them are not here and we don't know where they're at and and, and finally, you know, as the day went on, after one of our services, one of my guys walks in and says, Pastor, you're not going to believe this. I, I don't want to bring this news to you, but I can't wait till after, after the day's over with. They, they said, man, she's left the church. She, she went and started her own church. And I was like, and then next thing you know, the, the stones start getting thrown again. And the stones start getting thrown again. And then just a few months later, we're sitting in front of bankers and and, and all of a sudden, these, these bankers are, are, are looking at me, and, and, uh, and, and, and they, look, they tell me, they say, listen, if you take all of your assets and try to move them in your children's trust, we're going to go after your children. And I remember looking at them, and, you know, they, 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 they must have read my, my biography on, on our website, you know, a pastor loves Jesus, ministers to pastors, but they obviously didn't know my past. And every part of me wanted to get up, tie, get, the, get his red tie, wrap it around his neck, put him on the ground, stomp on him about six times. No, I'm joking. But, but there was everything inside of me that was wondering, God, what's going on? That in just six months, I dealt with the Absalom in January, a Jezebel in March. And then now a Pharaoh in June. And those are times in which you would question yourself. One of my friends who I knew had gone through something very similar, lives in Las Vegas. I called him up and I said, hey man, I'm going to jump on a plane t tomorrow. I'm going to come out there. Man, I know you're a prophet of God and, and I just know I want you to, I want, I'll call on you 24 hours in advance. I want you to pray because when I get to Vegas, I need a word from God. I need to know that there's light at the end of this tunnel. And he says, okay, Obed. And the next morning I got on a the plane, I flew, they picked me up. We're driving down the freeway and I'm telling them everything that's going on. And I mean, I'm weeping snots are coming out my nose and and I mean I'm all jacked up right and he just starts busting up like I mean he just starts laughing and I'm looking at him I'm saying bro what are you laughing for you have no idea he says oh yes I do I said no 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 you don't understand the pain I'm going through and he just kind of veered off on the side of the internet interstate he, he slammed his brakes pulled to the side and he looked at me and he said Obed do you love Jesus and I'm like wow that's a dumb question and he goes do you love Jesus I said yeah 
He says, man, are you walking by faith? I'm thinking, oh, bro, listen, I didn't come for this. And he said, I said, yes. And he says, man, are, are you faithful to your wife? I said, come on, man. You got something like that, who would mess up? And he said, you want to know why you're going through this? I said, why? That's what I came for. He says, because God can trust you with trouble. I said, what? He said, God, he can trust you with trouble. And it absolutely jacked up all my theology. That night, went back to the hotel. I couldn't sleep. It was just ringing in my, in my head. God can trust you with trouble. And all of a sudden, I just felt like the Holy Spirit navigating my fingers through the Bible. And I began to study every single character. And the first character I came to was a man by the name of David. And when I got to David, I came to first, uh, first Samuel chapter 16, verse 12 through 13. And it says, so Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome. Kind of reminds me of myself. And with beautiful eyes. And the Lord's. No, why are you laughing? See, my wife is white. She's vanilla. Okay. I'm brown. I'm cinnamon. So David stood there among his brother Samuel. Took the flask of olive oil. And, and had brought the anointed uh, and, and anointed David with the oil and the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on then Samuel returned to Ramah now now here's here's what you got to understand about this situation is that David was in the back of the field he was taking care of the sheep and and, and the Bible says that Samuel asked his father Jesse because he was going to anoint the next king of Israel he says go gather your sons and bring them to me and so Jesse, what he does, he lands up bringing, you know, going out and getting his sons. And, and, and he goes and gets his sons. And, 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 Je- and what happens is, is that, is that, you know, Jesse's like, okay, my boys are ready. They're going to be the next king of Israel. I mean, they're, they're ready. And, and, and so what happens is, is come here, my man. They, 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 they take, they, they, he says, he goes up to Samuel and he says, Samuel, I'm Samuel, this is my firstborn son. Come on. This is my best right here. I mean, you ain't. You ain't going to get any more handsome. The Bible says he was good looking. That's why she got you. You know, good looking. I mean, head to toe and elbows and everything, right? And I mean, I mean, he was good looking. He was fine, like wine, all this kind of stuff. I mean, he was fantastic. And, 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 the, and his name was Eliab. And, and, he, and, and Jesse said, Samuel, this is Eliab. This is my firstborn. He's awesome. He's skilled. He's powerful. And Samuel looks at him and says, that's not the one. And then when you realize why Samuel said it was because Eliab in the Hebrew actually means a person who does things on their own. And so God said, I can't anoint the next king of Israel if all they want to do is things on their own. So, so Jesse was like, okay, that's cool. I, I got a second son, you know, and come here, my man. This is, this is, I call him Afro. Yeah good looking dude right here and and, 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 and they bring up he, he brings his second son and, and when he brings his second son <laughs> I gotta get a haircut and, uh, and so he brings, a, he brings his second son and, and he goes this is my son this is my second. Now, I understand Eliab. You know, I, I can see what you're saying. Might be a little tall. Now, he's a little short. This guy might work. It's going to happen. And, and he looks at Eliab, 
and, 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 and then he says, but his name is Abinabab. And, and Samuel looks at him. And Samuel says, Jesse, I'm sorry to tell you this, but, but he's not the one. And, 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 and you could understand why Samuel said that was because Abinabab actually means a crooked mind. The Bible says in James that a double-minded mind is unstable in all his ways. God knew I can't have the next king of Israel who's unstable. Jesse was getting a little frustrated. He goes, man, I gave my two best. And he goes, man, I, I, gotta, I, gotta, I got another one. I got one more. And the Bible says, watch this, come on, my man. He, bring, he, brings, he brings his next son up. And, and this, this guy, his name is, his name is Shema. And, and, and so he goes, listen, he looks at, he, he's bald. He looks good. Okay. Got his hair on his face. I mean, he, he's awesome. Okay. Sits in the front row, loves Jesus. Listen, I understand he's not tall. I understand he's not short. He's, he's right in the middle. Okay. So this guy might work. And, and, and so, and so Samuel looks at him and says, Jesse, I'm sorry. I know his name is Shema, but, but I cannot anoint him as the next king of Israel because his name means loss. I can't have the next king always living in the past when I'm trying to be a God that will show them their future. He says, I can't do it. And so the Bible says that no other of the four other sons were named. And the Bible says that Samuel looked at all of them and says, you at least have to have one more. And, and, and Jesse is scratching his head. He's like, no, these are my boys. These are my sons. And Samuel, being a prophet of God who has the ability to see tomorrow when everybody else is stuck in today, he says, there has to be someone else. And, 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 and Jesse says, but I just don't know if, if, if this is the one. Yes, I do got another one, but he's in the back of the field. Now, here's what's crazy is that the reason why Jesse brought up all his sons, because all of his sons were born out of marriage. But David was a son of a concubine. In other words, he was kind of like the son of a, of a one-night stand, a prostitute in some sense, a, 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 one that, a, a, a wife that they would have on the side wouldn't really care about or anything like that and it's interesting that when David came walking the Bible says that Samuel looked up and from a distance and says that's the one right there and, and it was amazing because God could have trusted all of these guys but all of these guys were born out of covenant but when God was choosing to use the next king of Israel he was looking for somebody that could be trusted with trouble because David was born out of trouble he could be trusted with trouble and therefore, he can lead a nation into the presence of their future. Thank you, guys. When you think about Esther, think about Esther. She, the position that God put in the life of Esther. She's this woman that the Bible says God took her from an orphan to a queen. In Esther chapter 2, verse 17, in the New Living Translation, it says, And the king loved Esther more than any of the other young women. He was so delighted with her that he sat the royal crown on her head and declared her queen instead of Vashti. Now you got to understand something. I mean, Esther was an orphan. E Esther would go from home to home as a child. Once she would get acclimated inside of a house, as soon as she began to build trust with the families, they would, she would move on to the next. You would think 
she'd have some types of complexities in her life inferiority insecurity lack of trust and yet in those days if you were in line to be the next queen they would take you at a very young age and they would teach you the customs of what it was like to be a queen and how to stand in the presence of a king they would they would they would bathe you the bible says that they would take you for 12 months i mean think about this 12 months and they would bathe you in fragrances for 12 months now i remember studying this and i and i told my wife i said baby now now if they gotta beautify you for 12 months there's a problem you must be ugly or something like that to beautify you for 12 months i mean i mean, they would beautify they perfume them i mean they would get them you know head to toe g'd up i mean looking fresh man and 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 and, and, and they would teach them the customs of of uh, uh, of what it's like to be a queen i, I remember uh when when last year we were here and it was prince william's uh a, a one-year birthday for their child and and i remember reading an article uh, uh in, in, in in a paper that that talked about his wife and and about how they how they had to train her with with all the customs and they had to teach her the the, the how to orate and how to carry herself and and how to walk and and all these type of things and she just doesn't shop at ordinary places i mean she goes to extraordinary she has designers i mean she has consultants and i mean that's how it was like back in those days when when you were chosen uh, 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 to one day possibly be the be the be the next queen and 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 every one of them would have their one day and that day came when when the king got 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 rid of Vashti and and all these women were in in line to be the next and and they would have their one day and 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 and, and the instructors would tell them now listen we're going to bring you to the king's courts and when we open up the door the king is going to be right there and, and listen, everything we taught you, you need to do it because it's the customs. He wants to, a wife, he wants a queen that, that understands the customs. And so these women were trained this way. They were chosen since childhood. But then somehow, some way, God in his miraculous way takes an orphan and brings her into this environment. Now, me, I'm a, I'm a, I like to ask questions when I read the Bible and I like to see it. Okay, I'm a visual guy. And so, so I like to reenact what, what I read. Okay, so I, I, I can never read my Bible sitting down. I'm always reading my Bible kind of standing up and walking because, because in order for me to understand the scripture, I got to reenact it. Okay, so, so, so here is, here is, 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 is Esther. She wasn't born in the customs. She wasn't chosen as a child to understand the customs and the traditions of the king. She went from house to house being an orphan, which means that once she got used to one custom, then she would get out of that, have to get used to a different culture. And once she got used to that culture, she'd get out of that, have to understand another culture. And so she was all jacked up. So I could just imagine Esther showing up to all these women. They're, they're beautifying themselves, and, and all these women are like, oh, you know, they're prissy and everything like that. They, they have their afternoon tea, and they take their little teacups, and they drink their little teacups like that. And I could just imagine Esther kind of walking in the room and like, hey, girls, how you doing? And they're looking at her like, what's your problem, girl? Who are you? And, you know, what, 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 what great family did you come from? And she's like, great family? I, I came from all kinds of families. I got more than you. 
and and also what does your dad do is he is he such a a, a man of a, a such status in this kingdom and she's like um i don't even know my dad and they're probably looking at her like what are you doing here and so they had to teach her the customs too and so when that day came they brought all these girls and these girls and the king was right over there and the girls would have to like they, they, they would have their beautiful dress on their stilettos and everything like that and they would walk they would prance to, to, to the king and when they would get to the king they would sit there and they were taught to, to bow to the king and, and, they, and they, he'd pull out his ring and they would kiss his ring and, and, and the king went through this the whole day and so, so, the, so the, the ladies that the, the instructors they would say okay here's your moment I mean these girls live for this moment I'm telling you it was a moment they trained all their lives and so it, 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 it was like if this is done if you don't get it you don't have no purpose in life in some sense and so the king kept on rejecting all of them and then they were like okay Esther you're next and I could just imagine them telling Esther Esther this is your one moment now listen everything we taught you make sure you walk just just walk with such class and dignity. I mean, just wear those stilettos. And when you get in front of the king, bow. And when he's going to pull out his hand, when he pulls out his hand, kiss his ring. And I'm going to hope, Esther, you're the one. But see, I, 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 I find it hard to believe that Esther did that. I think she did something different. I, I think when the door opened up, she was like, forget walking with such class. And I could just imagine her like strutting like, hey, what's up? Uh-huh. Yeah. And then I could imagine like when she got to him, instead of bowing, she was like, check this out right here. You know you like this, huh? Hey, you want this all night. Hashtag, right? And the king was probably like, OMG. You know they had that back those, right? OMG. Oh, my God. Hey, this is the one that I want. Not trying to be like everybody else, but living in the purpose and the call that God has for them. That God would take a woman that, that the past could have damaged her future, but aren't you glad that God turns bad into good? Aren't you glad that God takes us from where we are to where he wants us to be? Aren't you glad that your past does not dictate your future? You're not defined by where you came from. God has a purpose. God has a destiny for your life. Listen to me. Your troubles cannot cancel your future. Greater is he that's inside of you than he that's in the world. And Esther could have been like a lot of us. She could have discounted herself and said, man, I've messed up. My future is, my, my, my future is canceled because of my past. But yet, just like God, God find, found Esther in a place where nobody else would have chosen and once again we see how God used her to rescue a nation when she was the only one not qualified by what family she came from but her qualification came by how much she could be trusted with trouble and then Paul. Take Paul. Here's a man that in some sense had such knowledge that the Bible talks about the fact 
later on that Paul would contribute to three quarters of New Testament theology. A man who was astute in five different dialects. A studier, a scholar of his day. And yet, what was burning in his heart was to assassinate those to which inside of him there was a seed of empowerment that would one day lead those in whom he was trying to kill. God takes this man and as he's on his way to assassinate the children of God, God knocks him off a donkey and blinds him for a few days. And when God could have chosen anybody else, a person that was maybe brought up, converted from Judaism to followers of the way, someone who would have, who would have been following Jesus in those days, God would take a man whose heart was a murderer, who already decided in him that I'm going to assassinate every believer that calls on the name of Jesus. And that God would take this man, turn his life around, and use him as one of the greatest apostles to ever walk on the face of the earth. As I close today, if I can get the keyword off, I close today. Maybe you're here and you've asked yourself, why have I gone through so much? Why is it that I feel like as if my life has been bombarded with trials, tribulations? It seems like it's one test after the other. It seems as if, in some sense, what my life is going through does not line up to the blessings that God has promised me. Where I stand between the tension of seeing my present that oftentimes contradicts my future. I stand on the word, but oftentimes it seems as if the world is standing on me. And just like me, you questioned, God, am I really called to this? God, is this, is this, what, is this what I'm supposed to do? Is this where I'm supposed to be? Maybe, maybe God, I'm in the wrong place. And, and I've seen people try to run from their problems. Realize their problems cannot be outran. Because actually their problems are assigned to them. And you really don't know until one day you come across someone else and they're talking to you. And it's almost as if you're listening to yourself back then. And all of a sudden now, your past begins to make sense. How is it that at the age of 51, the hero of my life, my mother, dies overnight three years later my sister who graduated from Bible college 
went from a career in banking to now going into full-time ministry. I saw her walk the stage and at the age of 30 had a massive brain hemorrhage. Three days later, we had to pull the plug. And then my baby brother, who was born with cystic fibrosis and the doctor said, he won't live past seven. Lived till he was 24, graduated with two degrees, put a worship album out with only 30% lung capacity. But yet right before he was getting ready to go on tour and fulfill the dream of his life, he was taken just like that. You don't understand why you go through what you go through until you realize what you go through are the problems that propel you into the purpose in which God has for your life. You can question the process, but you never question the God who's in control of everything that's going on. Because oftentimes the process will bring so much pressure that all it wants you to do is die in the wilderness and come up short of the promises and the blessings that lie in the promised land. This isn't a message that is to be preached. This is a message in which I live. And I understand that if God be for me, then who could be against me? I realize that God sent Lisette and I to a place called Palm Springs, California that never saw a church break a 500 people barrier. But God in the midst of a wilderness could have chose many people who were more articulate than me. He could have chose people that were more high qualified than myself. But he would take a young little boy with the call of God on his life that had a drug and alcohol addiction, was raised in the church, was rebellious and gave his life at 16 and would fall in love with this little blonde Australian lady and at the age of 30 would move us from a place of comfort to a place of discomfort and it was the days in which we sat there and said God what are we doing here and God says I'm sending you as a seed I'm going to plant you into a place where you're surrounded by a bunch of problems there is there's alcohol addiction there's pornography addictions there's wealth addiction there's all kinds of these things but I'm sending you there and 10 years later God has has allowed this place called Destiny Church to be a city changer, a world shaker, ministering to pastors. Why? Because we're not anointed. It's not because we're blessed. It's because we've been trusted with trouble. And when you realize and you understand the God in which you serve is the God that if he allowed the trouble to come your way, he understands there's greatness at the end of it. And God brought me all the way over here to Scotland to talk to somebody today and to remind you, stay in there. Don't quit. Stop looking at the situation. Stand on the word of God and know that if God allowed it to come, he's a God that's going to get you through. Just keep your eyes on the redeemer for your redeemer draweth nigh and know that God is a supplier of every promise that you need in your life today in Jesus name. Listen to me, tonight, I don't know if you're going to come back, but I, I'd encourage you. Because here's what I'm going to do tonight. I'm gonna, I felt this morning as I was praying, I knew what I was going to speak on in the morning. I said, God, what do you want me to speak on tonight? I'm going to show you something tonight that's going to absolutely radically change your life. I'm going to talk about Joseph. And I'm going to talk about the 10 tests he had to go through in order for him to get to the place in which his dream would come to pass. It is going to absolutely bless your life. And tonight, I want to pray for people tonight. We'll have time tonight to pray.
pray for people that I want to lay hands on people who know they've been trusted with trouble and people who have a dream in their life and there's problems coming against it in Jesus name come on would you would you bow your heads father we thank you for every person in this place God we love you this morning we thank you that we could be trusted with trouble because we understand God it's greatness that comes forth out of situations God you don't choose those in whom everybody else would think but God you always choose the ones in whom you have in the back of the fields ones in which would have a stuttering problem those who at one time didn't like church God those are the ones in which you're raising up for such a time as this we ask that you bless every person God we pray for tonight that Lord such an anointing would be here tonight God that there would be tremendous breakthrough in the name of Jesus amen thanks for listening if you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times then don't forget to visit our website www.thejunctionchurch.com god bless